Welcome to the Breaking Stars podcast, where we help people like you understand what you need in order to get a job in tech. On this episode, we're interviewing Young Guru, also known as Jay-Z's DJ, who's working with Rodney Sampson to organize celebrities to prepare black and brown people for the fourth industrial revolution. On this episode, we not only explain what the fourth industrial revolution is, but we also talk about how they're starting with Flatiron School to help people learn how to code, in addition to other struggles that people deal with outside of financing when it comes to a career transition. If this episode inspires you to learn how to code yourself, make sure you download the Career Karma app so that we can help you learn how to code. And also really listen to how the music industry got hit hard by technology in a negative way and why rappers, DJs, and entrepreneurs like 21 Savage and Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace, are helping fans get job skills to create the next wave of technology. If this is your first time listening to the podcast or you really love it and you want to share it with your friends and you haven't done it yet, make sure you do that. Make sure you subscribe. Um, if you have not left a review so we can understand how to do better, please leave a, rev- a review or send us an email to Archer, Ruben, or Timor at BreakingInStars.com. If you have not liked our Facebook page or joined our Breaking Stars Facebook group, make sure you do that. Um, if you want to check the Breaking and Start with social media accounts, accounts, they're at Everest10x. Or if you want to follow our, our Twitter accounts for the app, I'm just check out career karma or career underscore karma on twitter and without further ado let's break in growing up we're told that in order to be successful you need to be a banker a doctor or a lawyer that's what the gatekeepers want you to think but we're part of something bigger we're part of a technological revolution either you're at the table or on the table get in the end 10x Yo, 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 this is Ruben Harris. I'm here with the homies Rodney Sampson and Young Guru, and this is the Breaking Stars podcast. Normally, I would say, Timor, can you please tell the people what we're doing today? But he's back at the office with his brother, Arthur, coding up some things on the Career Karma app. This is really special because we're here at WeWork at 3 p.m. talking about Flatiron School and the million dollars in scholarships that they're offering on the Tech to Wealth tour. And for those of you that don't know who Rodney Sampson and Young Guru are, now, Rodney is the CEO of OHUB, in addition to being a very successful entrepreneur. A young guru is, is widely known as Jay-Z's DJ, in addition to many other things. Before going into how they came together, why they're passionate about this, uh, why don't we just start off by saying welcome, Rodney and Guru. Appreciate y'all having us. Thank you, man. It's good yeah. to be here. Thank you. Thank you. So a million dollars in scholarships, that's a lot. Walk us through that. So there's coding boot camps, there's a million dollars in scholarships. Why are you all doing this? You want to start with the why? Yeah, yeah. Point out <laughs> I think as a society and as a community, we're really in a crisis and we don't know it. Mm-hmm. And I always you know, take the liberty to talk about the racial wealth gap that exists in this country. I won't articulate it here, but you know, quick Google search, you'll discover what that is. But by 2053, that's slated to be zero. Yeah. And I started to think about, well, why will the median you know, net worth of a black family in 2053 by zero. And then by 2073, Latinx families as well. So we're all on this like downward trajectory. And I was like, well, all these programs, you know, there are more people of color that are being educated in higher institutions. There's so many different 
technical or, you know, workforce development programs. It would seem like we we're making a dent. And I was like, you know what? No one's talking about the future of work. No one's talking about the fourth industrial revolution. No yeah. one's talking about what AI machine learning, quantum computing, virtual reality, augmented reality. No one's talking about what advanced manufacturing or robots yeah. or 5G. Yeah. What's that's going to do for just people being able to work to literally survive and eat. And so it's like there was a Duke study that came out last year that basically said it's impossible for us to close the wealth gap. And then there was another story is at 200. And so that really became the thesis about four years ago of learning about what coding boot camps were yeah. in Atlanta. We were fortunate enough to have one of the larger ones there at the time, the Iron Yard. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And the first three scholarships were actually a pilot that were funded by my wife and I. I went okay. to the owners of the Iron Yard and was like, you should consider being more diverse. I mean, yeah. you know the spill, right? You mm-hmm. Diversity this, inclusion that, equity that. And they were like, well, if you believe so much in it, then why don't you prove it out? Yeah. So we did. And then it grew. You've seen through various iterations of that. And that's just been a part of, you know, kind of Opportunity Hub's platform is provide opportunities, particularly in the innovation, entrepreneurship and investment ecosystem that aren't traditionally afforded to people of color in this country. Yeah. So so to be very clear, these scholarships are for people of color. That's um, correct. These are through coding boot camps. And for the people that don't know what coding boot camps are, they essentially help people learn how to become software engineers in less than 12 months with little to no debt. And you've not just been involved with Flatiron, you've done a lot of work with, like you said, Iron Yard and a bunch of other boot camps. You did the thing with Yes We Code, which we're going to unpack. But why don't we talk a little bit more about the mechanics of this scholarship here? Because like, I mean, clearly the people that listen to the Break Stars podcast know about coding boot camps. Tuition is definitely a barrier for some people, even though it's cheaper than college. But now you all are offering these scholarships, some full, some partial. So if I want to get a scholarship from Flatiron School, what do I have to do? Sure. I'll give you a little the genesis. So when Flatiron was acquired by WeWork, mm-hmm. so I think that's a, an important component mm-hmm. to know. I got an email from one of the owners of the Iron Yard saying mm-hmm. Flatiron School wants to be intentional about its diversity and inclusion and reaching a market that they know they aren't reaching at scale. Dope. And so as a part of the conversation, I get these all the time, help us become more diverse and inclusive. I said, well, you got to extend a heart to extend a hand. And the yeah. way you extend that heart is by allocating a certain amount of seats in your already existing boot camps mm-hmm. to a certain demo. Mm-hmm. And so we've seen programs for women in general. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that becomes a little bit ambiguous mm-hmm to say the least, because a lot of times women will just be generalized as white women. And so black women and Latinx women get lost in in that. The the intersectionality is not there. And so we were very intentional about making sure that even just the word people of color can be ambiguous. We were like, these scholarships are for black people and they are for Hispanic Americans as well. And so, you know, the initial ask was $1 million a year. Yeah. And then also a partnership where we could continue to go out and raise more money from influencers, high net worth individuals, corporations and foundations. Because you said earlier, a million dollars is a lot, but actually it isn't a lot when when you break it down into um, what you actually need to do 
and then real life situations mm-hmm. of, of trying to make sure that people can maintain their life as they're trying to make this change or trying to, you know, um, learn these codes. Yeah. I mean, learn coding. And or learn these skills. Yeah. So, you know, you still have to feed your kids. You still have to, you know, mm-hmm. have transportation to get back and forth mm-hmm. um, and, and not disrupt your life as you change it. So th- that amount of money, we're still trying to build on that yeah. amount of money. I love what you just brought up there, because a lot of people don't realize that even if you can get your tuition funded to go to a coding boot camp, it's kind of like moving to a no- new country. You have to like be there for three months, absorb the language, talk with people, like really, really learn it. But a lot of people can't take three months off because they might have exactly. families and things like that. So kind of unpack that a little bit. Well, I mean, you need you need the time. So uh-huh. on top of us doing the scholarship, we're trying to also include in the future enough money so that we can do stipends mm-hmm. so that you can actually live while you're doing that. But yeah. I mean, I get it. I understand the working parent of having to feed your kid may not have the time. You have to pick them up at a certain time. And just the the essence of living. Some people, you know, there's one computer in the house that everyone uses. You may need to actually go out and purchase a computer. Yeah. You know, all of those different things that will hinder people or allow people to say, oh, well, this is the reason why I don't do this. You know, this is the beginning of the problem is that we face in the first place. Yeah. So the money is just a start of it. And then it's also culturally yeah. putting those people in an area where they start to understand the world of coding, what's yeah. needed of you. Because as, as Rodney said, if, if you look at those numbers, the basic skills, you know, in the future is, are just going to allow you to be, you know, a factory worker. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're going to you're going to be fixing someone else's code at the very bottom level yeah. and say, you know, and that those are the people that are going to have value, but yeah. it's still not your company. So at the same time that we are preparing people with these skills, we want them to become entrepreneurs. And that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that every single person is going to be the CEO of the company. But what that does mean is that if you have five friends that yeah. all know how to code, or even if you if you weren't born as friends, you came to this camp, you met each other. These are where people meet their resources. Yep. I went to Howard University and my whole music business resource mm-hmm. is from who I met mm-hmm. in school. Mm-hmm. So now you're meeting other people. So the five of you can now get together, put yep. the company together, be stronger as a team, present yourself, you know, stronger than just mm-hmm. being the individual trying to get a job mm-hmm. or as my father always told me, there's nothing wrong with having the job and working on career at the same time. Yeah. So the same time that you may be in a company, you go into it with a frame of mind of learning what goes on in that company tech wise yeah. so that you can then start your own company. Yeah. No, I think that's that's those are a lot of really good points because we always talk about your circle of friends, the average of the five people. If you think about tech in general, like PayPal Mafia, for example, like they sold for a billion and then like they became the new VCs, the new entrepreneurs. They hired from their friend circles. They hired from the schools when they ran out of their friends. They hired from the neighborhoods when they ran out of the schools. And it's just like where you grew up. And that's not necessarily wrong because like if you play basketball with somebody and you're going to start at another team, you're going to recruit from where you play, right? Right. That's how it works. So you all are really focused on helping 10,000 people. And I think what's really beautiful about what you all are doing is is highlighting uh, the role of of black influencers, just influencers in general. Absolutely. Uh, making people aware of what's going on. And you all aren't just offering scholarships. You all are going on tour in a way that's mutually beneficial. So talk about this tour that you're going on and how music and influences is involved. I think one of the biggest things for me is that I used to wait all the time. I would say, I want to do these things. I want to help people. I have all these ideas, but oh, I'm on tour with Jay-Z. So that's going to have to wait for this time or wait for that time. So this time we didn't wait. What we did was we based our tour based around the On The Run 2 tour. So I feel like I could still 
get done what I want to get done in all of these communities and still be on tour. I know a lot of people for tour, you know, for them tours, turn up party and yeah. do all those things. For me, it's with a purpose. Yeah. So I wanted to not wait was the number one thing. And I think too, the power of the influencer, the power of saying, okay, I'm coming to town for this Jay-Z Beyonce show. But at the same time, it allots me that power to be able to bring people into a space yep. and to give them the information and to highlight it. Mm-hmm. I think more people need to do that versus just throwing some money away. Yeah. And and a lot of times, let's be honest, you know, athletes and actors, they're, they're looking for a tax break. They give, yeah. they give away a million dollars real quick. But it's like, OK, you could better serve and really change someone's life by investing that million dollars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. I think that's the difference of the mindset of what we're trying to change is stop looking at it as just like some quick giveaway, because then you are giving your children and literally your children, the next generation, the ability to own that. Yeah. Then that allows them to set up their community. Then mm-hmm. we don't we, we kind of erase certain problems yep. by by the root. Yeah. And yep. by starting the tree correctly at the root. And taking action. Yep. This becomes the on ramp for scaling. Right. And I think, yep. you know, in tech, you got the minimal viable product. right? Yep. So we know what the MVP is. Matter of fact, yep. we we're shipping the product. That's the million we, we dollars. Got, that's, you know, that's, that's the MVP. <laughs> right. Now we've figured out we've got to, you know, insulate it with the support services. Yeah. I mean, transportation can be an issue. Yep. Right. So we need to partner with Uber and Lyft. Yep. Right? Housing could be an issue. Yep. Right. So when you we, we're starting to think about who those collaborative partners yep. could be. But when you talk about like leveraging the tour, there's just such a momentum that's being, yeah. you know, created. And what we also realize is also the value of what we're bringing to WeWork and Flatiron. Yeah. What we've noticed in those respective cities mm-hmm. when we do and we'll do it this evening. Yeah. Is this your first time at a WeWork? Yeah. Majority of audience, mm-hmm. thumbs up. Yep. Have you heard about Flatiron School? Yeah. First time there. <laughs> so we're also like leveraging mm-hmm. that momentum, mm-hmm. but we're taking it a step for- further. Yeah. So like when you look at how do you touch different communities of color, like yeah. black community in general, it's going to be church. Mm-hmm. It's going, you know, the houses of worship, right? Yeah. It's yeah. going to be the artists that we listen to. Yeah. It's going to be the athletes and the entertainers. It's the person at the barber shop, the hair salon, mm-hmm. nails, like those touch points. Yeah. And like we're starting to think through like, okay, we got touch point one. Yeah. You know, we are partnering with, you know, Brandon Andrews, Joshua mm-hmm. Values Shout Partnership. They touch a lot of the church community. So yeah. we come into a city, we're riding the momentum, but we're that strategy we're pushing out across those multiple touch I mean, points. What, I, I love the concept of of not waiting, right? right. And, and like taking action and MVP, right? Because the founder of LinkedIn, Reed Hoffman, he always talks about if you aren't embarrassed of the first version of your product, you launch too late. So you all are just like, we're going to go in. Right. We're going to learn some things and make it happen. Absolutely. But what you all are offering to people, the way that you're distributing it reminds me of an artist, like the grass game, like handing out mixtapes out to Trump, go into the radio, go into the audio. We got eight heroes in the building doing the video. So it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's, it's also that that idea, that mind state, if you use that same analogy of when you first come into the music business a while ago, that's what you wanted to do. You were handing out your mixtapes. You wanted to get popular and then you wanted to generate some money. Yeah. So then you also figure out, OK, well, if I had enough money, I wouldn't need the record label. Yeah. Right. So our end goal is, again, space. So we have so many spaces in these neighborhoods that we see that mm-hmm. we could have a satellite. We work. We could have a satellite and just take over. This building is. In Newark, New Jersey, it's been burnt down since the riots. We need to go get that building mm-hmm. and build whatever we're doing in terms of the, the boot camp there. So that yep. number one, it stays in the neighborhood. 
Number two, the other people are influenced in the neighborhood. Where are you going? I'm going to the mm-hmm. community center to learn how to program. To program? Program what? Oh, well, you don't realize I don't need Pro Tools and I don't need Logic and yeah. I don't need Ableton because I just made my own. Yeah, yeah. And then you could be like, yo, like this person is independent. They didn't get signed. Like the record label is kind of like the VC. Absolutely. Right? And a lot of times when you're learning and you're in the basement and you're learning how to code, I mean, actually learning how to make music, that's like being self-taught programmer. Right. But then you might get like, I don't know, like a no ID mentor, like looking out for you to guide you and get you to the next level. Then boom, like or working at Tree Sound in Atlanta to like, that's like going to a coding bootcamp before you become an engineer on your own. Right. right? Molly spot. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I think a part of the synergy in terms of like working with Guru is, you know, like ideas are distributed in the universe and whoever picks them up and runs with them. Like yeah. I'm sure you know, thousands of people had the idea about a straw, right? But somebody built it, you know, yeah. a key, just little, little simple things. But yeah. I think what happens is when you have kind of like that collision. And so when, you know, when Guru mentioned like his vision for going into distressed neighborhoods and building out these hubs, that's how O-Hub started. Six yeah. years ago, we basically became known as the Black WeWork in Atlanta. Yeah. We had three campuses, downtown, on the west side, mm-hmm. West Marietta, mm-hmm. and like there were safe spaces. And yeah. I think that's what's important about this as well. Long term is we got to have a safe space to build without bias. Yep. We got to be able to walk in and it's hard enough just yeah. learning to like sit down at something and code it and output it and then keep coding it and outputting and then packaging it and selling. Like building something from nothing is the toughest thing in the world to do, even though it's innate to our DNA, but we've just been so conditioned. So Mm -hmm. having that safe space and then having the programming, then once they're building, the next thing is selling and the next thing is entrepreneurship. And so long-term, we're going to have more creators than we have workers. And you talked about the the fourth industrial revolution. And I think it's important to talk about that because, you know, our our listeners and the people watching the video are used to gems and keys to take away as they're listening. Mm-hmm. And something that you touched on earlier is like, as you're learning, as you're working out on your craft, as you're getting successes, it's important to be aware of the shifts. Because if you're not aware of the shifts, you're going to get hit. So I think it'd be helpful for you to kind of like unpack the shift of the music industry into tech. And then you unpack, Rodney, the piece of the fourth industrial revolution and make a comparison to both of those. Well, that's that's in any business and I'll start in the music business, but there's so many examples of when you have to be able to see when the playing field shifts in Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you do. And you have to sometimes go all the way to the bottom line and ask those basic questions of what do I sell? Why am I here? What do people like? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you can get caught up in thinking that you're selling something else. Like Mm -hmm. for us, the music business, we thought we sold physical things. We Mm -hmm. thought we sold records and cassettes and, you know, eventually CDs. Mm -hmm. And then when it went away from something completely physical, technology came in, changed the way that we distribute, changed the way that we charge for music, changed the way that we get paid for music Mm -hmm. in every aspect. So a lot of us were not ready for that. Mm -hmm. Some of us saw it and then tried to warn people, but it's such a big ship in terms of trying to change the whole music business. So Mm -hmm. if you think about your bottom line was to sell as many CDs as possible, Mm -hmm. that doesn't exist anymore. And that shift has emptied out the record companies. Literally, they are one third of what they used to be in terms of size. So now you just have pretty much a legal department. There is no A&R department really Mm -hmm. anymore. There is no you know, developing of artists. There's none of that. Mm-hmm. We're all scrambling to stream music. We didn't see the breakdown of the album, yeah. which, which iTunes did to us that yeah. said, 
in my contract, I have a contract that says based off of these 12 songs, this is the percentage of what I'm supposed to get. I never signed a contract that says how much do I own of this one song? Yeah. Yeah. I never signed a contract that said my videos for me were a cost. They mm-hmm. were a promotional cost. I would pay three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I would, you know, and that's a low mm-hmm. budget video back in the day. Yeah. Um, yep. shoot a video. I would walk over to BET, MTV, VH1 and beg them, literally beg them, can you please wow. add this, play this? Yeah. But now those are being sold on on iTunes. I yeah. never signed a contract that says how much the record company's supposed to get or how much I'm supposed to get from my video. Hey, Interesting. Right. That's huge difference. Because you would work yeah. for higher in that, exactly. yeah, in that case. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's causing us to recreate contracts. It's causing us to figure out all of these problems and then streaming. Yeah. So, you know, it was super disruptive, but it was be- it's not a, the problem of it shifting. Mm-hmm. It's the problem that we didn't see the shift and we fought the shift. Yeah. So instead of us understanding tech and music business people don't understand how tech works. Yeah. And especially back in the nineties when Napster came in, mm-hmm. we did the normal thing. We got a lawyered up. We tried to sue them, mm-hmm. not understand. And I was saying to the heads of, of universal, let's say we win the lawsuit. Yeah. He can change the name to Napster tomorrow yeah. and just start all <laughs> over again. Yeah. It'll be a yep. different thing. Like this is how Straight this up. works. Yeah. This is not how tech work in the tech world. You see a threat, you buy it. Mm hmm. You see somebody that is a pirate that shows a hole in what you do. You purchase that person, which is what we should have done. Mm-hmm. The second part where we messed up was that we didn't see the future of what Steve Jobs was doing with iTunes mm-hmm. being an all inclusive system. Once I purchased the phone in order for me to turn the phone on, I have to give you my credit card number. Now yeah. I can purchase music all day long. He has an internal system. We gave that away to this man. That's wild. We were warning people. Don't mm-hmm. please don't give it away to this man. We mm-hmm. gave it to him. Mm-hmm. So, those pitfalls of not being able to see things. And I know this is long winded, but it's a very That's important a super thing. Important yeah. Yeah. If you look at every industry, I'm into photography mm-hmm. and you take a company like Kodak, who mm-hmm. was the leader, the mm-hmm. leader of photography, mm-hmm. but their mentality was we make film, yeah. we sell film. Mm-hmm. And someone in their basement came up and said, Hey, I have this new thing where we can look at pictures on the television. Mm-hmm. And people said, why would anyone ever want to look at pictures on it? He created the first digital camera Mm -hmm. in the basement and they rejected it because their mind said we sell film. Mm -hmm. No, you don't. You Mm -hmm. sell the experience of memory. Yeah. Whether or not that comes on film, whether or not that comes in Instagram. Yeah. But you let this little small company Mm -hmm. beat you. You're supposed to be 13 people (laughs) supposed to be Instagram. Yeah. But, you sell film. Yeah. No, that's that's super real. And And I love the way that you unpacked all of that. And so related to, to the fourth industrial revolution, you know, we talk a lot about how like we're trying to wake people up so that they could take action because if we want people to be able to ride the wave instead of getting hit by it. Right. So talk a little bit about this wave that's coming. And, and, and before Ronnie even adds on, not only just ride the wave, once you understand you have the ability to create the wave. Yeah. I mean, title. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. That's the wave. Right. Well, well, and that's also us having the knowledge or understanding that in all business, there has to be some sort of competition Mm -hmm. and somebody has to, people look at the same way that I don't know if these young kids understand and they look at Apple a certain way, but I remember the commercial of Apple throwing the hammer and IBM was the big monster. It's like, how could you ever take down IBM? Mm -hmm. Little Steve jobs, Mm -hmm. the same way people now look at Apple and say, how could you ever take down Apple? But if we didn't do title, there's no reason to give Drake $20 million yep. because yep. now the valve, there's competition. So if we don't give him this 20, he's going to go over there and be with them. Exactly. It cre- competition creates yeah. the things that we need. Yeah. You yeah. just can't be scared. That's real. You know, I would just, I'm, I'm going to kind of build this house from the ground up. Yeah. I'm going back 
you know, seven years, kind of a com- you know, complete number when I released Kingonomics. Yep. And the thesis of Kingonomics was that real currency and opportunity is intangible mm-hmm. versus tangible. Mm-hmm. And I think the first industrial revolution was about the tangible goods and products. And mm-hmm. to essentially survive, thrive, become wealthy, become a billionaire, you had to have access to steel, to oil, to mm-hmm. gold, to stuff that you could touch, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was positioned to us that that was the real currency mm-hmm. until at a certain point, we were no longer on the gold standard anywhere, right? Yep. We weren't going to Africa mm-hmm. and, you know, getting the gold, bringing it back, putting it in Fort Knox anymore. Mm-hmm. It was basically the Federal Reserve Board chairman having mm-hmm. a thought that we needed to print money to adjust all this gold. Right. <laughs> so when you when you move, you know, ten dollars or ten million dollars from one bank to another, the truck doesn't come get it anymore. It's all digital. And so the basis of King of Namas was currency is anything that flows. Yeah. Electricity flows. Yeah. Oxygen flows. Yeah. Blood flows. Yeah. Right. Thoughts flow. Conversations, yeah. relationships. Yeah. And it that's the basis of the fourth industrial revolution. Yeah. And so what you're now seeing is the accelerated pace of automation of thought. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. automation of things. Mm-hmm. See, we're in what, you know, Steve Case kind of brilliantly shapes as the third wave, which is the convergence of software and hardware yeah. into smart homes, into smart cars or what have you. Mm-hmm. But the next wave like the physical thing will kind of be the slave to the intangible. Yeah. And you'll see more billionaires or trillionaires that mm-hmm. are being made off of the perception or off of the intangible versus. And that's kind of like mm-hmm. the metaphysical basis of the fourth industrial revolution. Right. Now to compare that to like the music world. Mm-hmm. So when I like, so when Guru was learning from me, I was preparing to learn from him. And so the first thing that I knew was kind of confirmation and working with Guru is listening to 444. Mm-hmm. Yo, Guru, turn that up. So I was like, well, okay, Guru's got to be the amplifier. He's got to turn this up, right? Yeah. It's, but turn what up? And so if yeah. you start pulling nuggets out, it was basically starting with, let me tell you how we went wrong. Yeah. You know, the story of OJ, right? Yeah. Talking about how we could have flipped buildings you know, in Dumbo back in the day and mm-hmm. then paintings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Jay had to say, you know, I'm trying to get you ninjas with no stripes to be official. Mm-hmm. Where the stripes today is a certificate from Flatiron. Yep. It's a certificate from the coding boot camp, yep. right? And then you go through the whole album, which Guru is producing on, probably listening to that stuff over and over and over and tweaking and tweaking and tweaking. Then you get to like legacy. Yep. You know, what's better than one billionaire two? Mm-hmm. Well, we know to really scale this work. We don't just need to raise a, raise a billion. We need yeah. to raise two. Yeah. Because if the unit economics mm-hmm. of going to cold school, transportation, food, living, you're really talking about 25,000. Yeah. Well, what's 10,000 times 25,000? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then if those people, then what we've learned is that everybody's got to have some skin in the game, even yeah. if you can't put skin in the game up front. Because yeah. I push back and I get, you know, I get on my soapbox a little bit when folks yeah. say, well, it shouldn't be a full scholarship because, yeah. you know, Black and brown folks got to have some skin in the game. I'm just like, we got 400 plus years of skin in the game, yeah, right? Straight up. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, we should also want to pay it forward. Yeah. And we've seen that with some of the folks that you've helped us yeah. get in the programs. They go, now they're at MailChimp. Next mm-hmm. thing you know, they're on panels. They're yeah. going to high schools. They're yeah. giving it back. And so, Shout out to Kwame Iris. There you go. Yeah. You know, we'll see Iris in a little bit. So mm-hmm. I think that pay it forward model is what we're learning is 
you know, and we're also learning that what I learned from the music biz is like the subscription. Like I can sell you something one time. Do I want a thousand dollars from you one time and you done with me? Yeah. Or would I rather have a million people at a hundred bucks a month knowing that I'm changing my society? And that's again, that's again, that's us watching the playing yeah. field of what's yeah. going on. Subscription is the way that the world is mm-hmm. going. Not only just for, you know, the music business again, we're kind of like the the guinea pig for everything. Yeah. So people see that the subscription base is working now. Yeah. And people, that's the way people want to consume. It's yeah. just like so much easier, but that's trickling over to every other business. I saw it flow into my plug-in business yeah. in, in music when I'm making things. Now yeah. I just want you to rent. Then now I'm seeing cars yeah. that are saying, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> don't buy the car, don't lease the car. You mm-hmm. can now rent mm-hmm. the car. Mm-hmm. Subscription base. You have a subscription. You can swap mm-hmm. cars with somebody, bring it mm-hmm. back, drive this one, these, make that. We see the subscription base is going to be mm-hmm. what it is. So what, what Ronnie's saying is super important. Yeah. It's a twofold thing of, of one, it's the constant support. My yeah. bottom line looks better, but it's also helping with the education of the adults. Yeah. Because a lot of, th- of what we were speaking about is part of the reason why some of our kids aren't as far along. Yeah. Because we have other parents that understand how important this is and have their kids involved at a very early age. Yeah. But we are now getting to the point where we can show the parents what Ronnie was talking about, those intangibles of, now things are going to be, if you said that to my mother 20 years ago, she doesn't get it. Yeah. Now I can explain to her and I said, ma, the biggest cab company doesn't own any cabs. Yeah. The biggest hotel chain does not own any buildings. Mm-hmm. The, we can go down right the line down from the, the Airbnbs yep. to the, you yep. know, yep. Uh, yep. everything's mm-hmm. delivery, everything is subscription. And mm-hmm. now you're seeing that someone's idea has allowed them to run a company. And mm-hmm. that's just one basic thing. Yeah. The physical thing is going to always change. The idea is king now. Yeah, no, I, I love that you brought up the things related to, you know, for, for, for society and these shifts related to subscription, because one of the lines, at least that jumped out to me was um, there was a time when America wouldn't let, let us ball. Those times are now back. We call that Afrotech. Mm-hmm. They talked about society, yeah. Negro leagues and things like that. And right. It's almost an insult to call it Afrotech. It's, yeah. almost, you know, it's almost like the same thing as saying, oh, you need to have a Negro league yeah. you know, in baseball. Yeah. And that, that, that was the point of that. So it was just, yeah. it was about recognizing how blatant certain racism is yeah. or the devaluing of saying, okay, mm-hmm. well, that's the little black version exactly. of it, you know, exactly. versus like us right. being real in society. Yeah. And we yeah. experienced that so much in the black founders in tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, well, we could only be solving a problem for black people. Yeah. Not that we probably can solve the problem. Like yeah. if, and I know we've talked about this, if mm-hmm. Airbnb had been in Atlanta, we had been built anywhere else besides the Valley, we would have known, let's say you and I were on a product team yeah. or to go to market, we would have known, wait, wait a minute. Now, black folks are supposed to be rolling up in there yeah. and nobody's going to say anything. Yeah. We would have had something else built into it where out the gate, people can't tell you no. Like yeah. if you kick someone out without a valid reason, you're off the app for it. Yeah. You know, so they had to come back and fix it. And I yeah. think to that point though, to my original point, it's like, we can build something to change the world, not exactly. just one, just one c- culture. Yeah. Right? And going yeah. back to the shifts, like in the subscriptions that you were talking about, like what we do with career commerce, we recognize people are good at top of funnel, like telling people these are the programs that exist. Okay. People can get you funded to get into a program. They're good at training. They're good at job search. They're good at having a company environment. But what we were like, look, we're going to build the trust in the beginning. We're going to help you go from low income to high income in a short amount of time. But all the, we're going to help you get all the way through the process into the job. But our goal is not just to get you in the job because people have to be aware of shifts. You're always going to be moving to different things. Like right. anytime you're trying to figure out what's next, 
you're going to go back to your family. Right. And a lot of people forget their family. And so and I think I think a big part of that one is education, because that is a complete shift that we've never seen before. Yeah. So you have parenting that's done based off of an old paradigm of, of when my father, you know, first in his family to go to school, mm-hmm. gets one job, stays in that job for the rest of his life. Yeah. You know, me, I was lucky enough to pick a career that has sustained me for my life. But, you know, that's not the way it is. So I have, you know, my 22 year old, we have that discussion all the time. Yeah. Not only that you're going to change positions or change jobs more frequent, and then that can also equal success. Yeah. We have to get the parents to understand, you yeah. know, are we, and, and a lot of things are done out of love, yeah. but are you doing the best thing for your child yeah. by, by putting them in these old institutions? And I'm not saying a college is not for, you know, not a, um, necessary or a good thing. Yeah. What I'm saying is be very specific. Know what you're doing. If yeah. I choose to put my child in this college, I'm putting myself in debt. That's yeah. another problem that we do is that mm-hmm. we put ourselves in debt for the rest of our lives and, yeah. you know, um, messed, up to, yeah, messed up all this credit. So it's like, what specifically are you doing? If you have your child that knows exactly what they want to do, they love this sort of thing, putting them in these programs can can give them a direct route and save you money. Yeah. And then you have to also start thinking about things on a, on a level that, you know, we had a brother on our panel that has basically created a league mm-hmm. for all of the non-athletic kids, kids that don't participate in athletics in high school to play video games. Yeah. has gotten this sanctioned as an actual Dope. sport. Across high yeah. schools, you know the line. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. that that sort of thinking of a, you know of of when a son is saying, "No, mom, I'm, pl- I'm going to get a scholarship for playing this video game." Yeah, you yeah. know those ideas parents can't fathom. So mm-hmm. there has to be this re-education of parents, not only in what their children are going to do, but also what they can do. So yeah. we need to educate the parent as well. I mean, that's the same thing going back to what you said about like creating your own entry. You don't have to work for a company. There's like. Fortnite's big. There's players that are making five hundred thousand a month. Yes. There's like Twitch, like that Michael Sabo did. That's right. also African American. So there's like a lot of interesting things related yeah. to that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But so it's the old debate. Yeah. Uh, it's the and I think we're back at that crossroads again. And we as a community have to get this right. Right. Yeah. It was kind of the W. B. Du Bois mm-hmm. versus yes. George yes. Washington Carver. Yeah. And it's like let's focus on skills for industry, for farming, for mm-hmm. agriculture, for entrepreneurship mm-hmm. versus let's go be philosophical. Let's mm-hmm. be go pontificating. And I think mm-hmm. there's a hybrid of both, right? There's a place and a space right. for both. But I think we took, we went door number one, door number two. We took the safe door because we were looking for validity or yeah, like it was a- Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. It's like, everybody's yes. like has different approaches to the same yeah. goal. How do we exactly. work together? How do we bring yeah. it together? And yeah. speaking of that, like you all are doing amazing work as influencers. And we talked about this a little bit in the pre-chat, how you all met, I think is important. There was another influencer that was involved in like, I think it'd be good to talk about how you all met, the other influencers are involved and how we can get more influencers making people aware and speaking in one voice about your cause. I mean, we actually, we met at South by Southwest. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, OHUB does amazing work at South by Southwest. And I was coming down there to speak on a panel, but what impressed me was, first of all, HBCU, because I'm HBCU all day, yeah, I went yeah. to Howard. So starting there, but then conversations that myself and Rodney had, he changed the way that I think about things and the way that I was trying to attack the problem. And just being an outsider saying, okay, I, you know, the exact same thing, good heart, I want to help, yeah. but let me not come in so arrogant and let me just get all the information and find out exactly why there's problem. Let me do the research myself. Yeah. Let me ask the, the very important questions. If you don't know the answer to the question, I'll wait, go look yeah. it up because I want a real answer. It wasn't a conversation about 
trying to see who's the smartest or who can right. outbest each other and yeah. who knows more. It was really saying, hey, this is your world and I want to get as much information so that I can plan the proper attack of how to deal with this problem. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. no, makes sense. And it was, I mean, it was phenomenal. I mean, I go back to HU, you know, my wife went to Howard. We were at Howard Homecoming doing yeah. a pop-up for HBCU at South by Southwest. Home, homecoming that I, I saw you at? Exactly. Yeah, with Jamila exactly. and everybody. Exactly. So, oh, Jamila was on the, yeah, on the yeah, boat? There, yeah. Oh, man. So we felt old on there, bro. We was like, it was fun. We was watching. But so we did a pop-up event, Aaron Saunders' place, yep, yep. I3, mm-hmm. and we walked up on the yard because yep. we, we had an event that was popping. Uh-huh. And then we walked up on the yard where Rick Ross was uh-huh. and we ran into 21 Savage's lawyer. Okay. Who... Okay. Went to Howard as well. Okay. And so we're standing there just talking and Bernie, that's her name. Bernie had come to HBCU at South by Southwest two years before. So she was saying, well, what's going on? I really, I mean, you had the students down there, the Howard students. It was students from all around the country there. Yeah. And she was like, well, let me know. And, you know, people say this. And I think a lot of times we miss our moment because people with influence will say to you, let me know how I can help. Yeah. But we rarely actually ask them yeah. like one and what I've learned you know growing in influence but also partnering with influencers you have to absolutely let them know one two three yeah this is exactly yeah. what I need you to do and yeah. so when she I was about to walk off my wife was like she just asked you what you want mm-hmm. and I said you work with 21 right mm-hmm. I was like I want to do business with 21 you know we need a tech anthem oh. we you know we you know, now we got a producer. We didn't, we, the parts are just coming together, right? That's real. And so his manager was coming down on one of our official panels mm-hmm. and Guru's manager was going to be on the panel as well. So that yep. sparked up the conversation mm-hmm. of how the platform brought us together. Yeah. And it was like, once we got on the ground, Guru came and did the closing mm-hmm. party. Mm-hmm. But he, and what, what intrigued me was that he didn't just want to come spin he wanted to spend time in the room because he said, I haven't been in a room with this many black engineers yeah. and creators and producers probably ever. Yeah. And so he spent time talking to them, learning, asking questions, doing yeah. his due diligence, his yeah. customer discovery. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's and it, and it grew from there. Yeah. No, I love that you thought about a tech anthem because like even when we started Breaking Stars podcast, we like this thing has to sound different. And growing up in Atlanta as a studio musician, like I told you before, like. My buddy, Major Seven, who actually produced Devil is Alive, mm-hmm. he actually made the Breaking Starters theme song. And then we were just like, okay, cool. Like, let's, let's figure out how to do that. And now you're bringing these different people together. So now something that you made me think about related to parents and thinking about, do I have to send kids to college? Right. A lot of athletes, a lot of actors and musicians, they donate for scholarships for college. Yes. Is there a world where we can get all these influencers to start giving to coding bootcamps. We're in the lab right now. Okay. I think one of the things that, you know, we've got four years in this space learning, mm-hmm. right? Bootcamps have come and go. There's been some consolidation. There's been some acquisitions. Yep. In our conversation, we shifted. And when Guru talks about the shift, we shifted from just doing the kids stuff. You got to yep. do that, but also getting the adults Preach. and the parents, right? Because mm-hmm. the kids, if you get them at four, five, six, and seven, they won't be market ready until they're 18, 19, 21. Right. right? Long term but in six months, we can yank somebody out of poverty. Straight up. And then that kid is going to be straight. Yeah. And so when, you know, and it took some time back and forth. was like, now nah, let's focus on the kids. No, nah, let's focus on the adults. Right. Yeah. And But once he saw how fast we could accelerate change in a person's life, yeah. it started from there. And so now that like we've got the product, like this is kind of like 
The MVP. The MVP. The MVP is already changing right. people's life. But we're in the lab talking about like, you know, you who, who are the influencers that right. we can go after? I mean, there's a logical one, but yeah. then there's also the unknown. Oh, unknown yeah. And, ones, that, right? and that's the there's way to do it. It's like there's a yeah. bunch of superstar athletes, but it's a bunch of athletes that got money that do work beyond right. the field right. yeah. as well. And I, th- I think it's awesome. And that You're you, going to help us. You don't oh, know it, but you're going oh, you to help us. I'm, I'm, I'm already, the, the wheels are turning right now. And I think yeah. the other thing that you touched on was the industry, right? Because right. some boot camps have done well. Some boot camps have shuttered. Right. I like to compare it to flight, right? Because yeah. like the Wright Brothers proved that you could get a plane off the ground, but there is no Wright Brothers airline industries that exist anymore. Now, it always calls yeah. me on and says, it actually wasn't the Wright Brothers first. It was Santos yeah. Dumont, the Brazilian inventor with less yeah. resources. Yeah. But, well, we got to move from philan- philanthropy to equity and parity. What I yeah. mean is right now, we're going, uh, we're very, very thankful, right? Yeah. Iron Yard, you know, all dev boot camp, all the boot camps that have been kind and philanthropic, right? Yeah. But we got to move from philanthropic to equity. Mm-hmm. And when I, what I mean by that is, like, we drop a subscription plan, we get a million people, mm-hmm. and we're raising the money, mm-hmm. and then we drive every person that wants access to this fellowship mm-hmm. through your platform, mm-hmm. then we decide what boot camp t- that they can go through. Yeah. Right? And I think Long term, mm-hmm. it puts the equity and parity back on this side mm-hmm. and in the hands of the people. Because yeah. if we're going to get scale, we're not going to do 10,000 people in one school. Yeah. We got to have 10 schools. But think about 10,000 people. 10,000 people making 100,000 is a billion, billion dollars. dollars. Billion dollars. If 1% of them commit, commit. that's $10 million that's that a, can be used yeah. for other things. That's and I a, think that that's a beautiful, a beautiful thought. And some uh, boot camps got acquired, like Flatiron. General Assembly got acquired by ADECO for four hundred yeah. million. So the successes and this it's gonna continue to be optimized. There's income share agreements and things like that. Yeah. And before like going into like the lightning round, what's like the main vision for, you know, you all's next steps as you all are closing out the tour and like kind of next steps and things like that? For me, it's concentrating on one, getting as much information to the influencers as possible, mm-hmm. being that conduit for tech. Because, you know, everybody has their thing that they're into. Some of the people with money, they may not understand it. They may not be into it. It's the same way one of your friends is going to say, hey, you should be eating more healthy. Okay, well, I don't know how to eat healthy. Well, here's all the information. Here's what you need. Here's the stores that are around you that sell healthy stuff. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, well, here's the design for a kid from Marcy Projects to eat healthy. Mm -hmm. He needs someone to design that. And I'm saying that for tech. When people Mm -hmm. come to me, I want to have all the answers. I want to have the resources. Here's where you go for this. This is the things that are in your area. Here are the people that have successfully been doing that. Yep. Here are the people that are willing to partner with you. They yep. didn't know that t- all of those things. That's really my purpose. And the and then the ultimate goal is physical space. Okay. And what one more thing. I do know that you brought up neighborhoods and like making sure that builders are on and things like that. You talked about workforce development in the pre-chat and like what's the role of government? What have you done related to workforce development? And then like then we'll go into lightning round. So Three years ago, pre-tech hire, which was kind of a Obama administrative initiative that was incredibly powerful coming out, right? Mm-hmm. We created this program in Atlanta called Code Start. Mm-hmm. And we had a, f- a few rules of the program. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have a college degree. Mm-hmm. We wanted to prove that you didn't have to have a computer science degree yep. to become a software developer. Yep. So you couldn't have a college degree, mm-hmm. but you had to be able to read, write, and type at at least a 10th grade level. Yep. Read, mm-hmm. write, and type, 10th grade level. Yeah. You had to have at least a GED or high school diploma. Yep. And the biggest thing we assessed was that no matter what happened, you would not quit the program. Yeah. That if you would stay in the program, 
We provided housing for a year. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think, you know, I've been looking at the We Work, We Live model. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to bring this back to government mm-hmm. in a Everybody second, right? Going. So like, we need to be able to house our people in safe spaces. Sure, not because know. they just walking through ghettos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not talking about that, but it's, a, it's the, it's the, thinking space. It's the nuanced distractions. Mm-hmm. You know, grandma's like, I need you to take me to get my medicine. Mm-hmm. Well, grandma, I got to go to cold school. You mm-hmm. miss a day, you get behind. You sure. miss three days, you got to drop out. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't understand that, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to be like, like going away to college yeah. for a period of time. Yeah. Don't have to worry about food. Don't have to worry about transportation. And so that's yeah. the support services. We actually did that in Atlanta. We have yeah. 15 students. We did two cohorts. We had a 75% graduation rate, mm-hmm. like a 75%. And we and for workforce development, so the way workforce works is the federal government gives workforce dollars to the states. Yeah. The states give them to the cities. Yeah. And they usually train for like, okay, I'm going to train you to be a realist, to do construction work. Yeah. Short-term job. I'm going to train you to go to Wendy's or yeah. McDonald's or something like that. Forklift. All right. And those are pretty, some of those are pretty good paying jobs, but they're yeah. short-term and or what have you. We came in and said, can you apply workforce dollars to our boot camps? Yep, yep. And so and let me tell you, the workforce dollars, a portion of our H-1B-1 visa. So when immigrants come to America and pay the visa money, mm-hmm. a portion of the visa goes to the Department of the fee goes to the Department of Labor. I did not know that. And that's what funds H-1, the H-1B-1 funds WIOA, which is Workforce Innovation and Opportunity yeah. Act. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you got all this money in these workforce. That's why working with mayors, working with county managers, mm-hmm. they could be putting up money for scholarships. Now, the Uh-oh. final thing, there we go. Stay right. Strong. And we code start was a model for that. So we knew yeah. it works. And there was a model in Oakland that Van Jones did mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. They also mm-hmm. brought some folks that were coming out of the system. That's how Iris was able to get the dream course. The yes, we code. Thing. There you go. Right. And the final thing is cities are always talking about affordable housing. Yeah. Affordable housing. The trick about affordable housing is you can only, let's say they pick an area, right? Yeah. And it's blighted, distressed. They come in, they redevelop it, mm-hmm. regentrify it, and now yeah. the people can't afford to stay there. Yeah. Rather than giving the people the skill so that they could then afford to pay there, stay there, they just carve out a certain amount of the apartments or the houses and say you get a subsidy. Yeah. But once you get the subsidy, you're decentivized yeah. to actually go get a higher pay right. role. Love because it. you can't live there and make a certain amount of money. Right. Pay, period. Right. All right. At this point on the podcast, we go into the lightning round. Timo normally does this. So again, shout out to him and to Archer uh, working super hard um, before this panel this evening. And so at this point, we're going to ask you quick questions where we look for tactical advice for people. And we like to take it back to the basics to start where if you moved to a new city and you had only $100 in this day and age, what would you do to get back onto your feet? Starting with Guru. Uh, first thing I do is probably look for a job, save that $100 um, in order to eat. I'll probably buy some spaghetti or something like that um, and cook that. Okay, cool. Well, I don't have money, but I'll find a network that I go to college, uh, somebody in my church group, somebody in my fraternity and find something to sell. Yeah. As long as I got something to sell yeah. and I can get an honest commission off of it, yeah. we'll be straight. Love it. Speaking of the church, I know we talked this a little bit before. I grew up in the church. The church that I go to has 25 million people that go to church every week, but it's used one day out of the week. And during the week, it's not used. Talking about real estate, you know. That might be community centers that people use. My brother went to a certain boot camp because of religious reasons. What can the church do to help with respect to the fourth industrial revolution, starting with Rodney? Well, I'm talking to churches now about putting O-hubs in the underutilized spaces. Uh-huh. So 
you know, Bill Winston up in Chicago, he okay. bought an old mall uh-huh. and he's got the sanctuary like in the old Macy's. Uh-huh. But then he's got an SBDC. He's got the Carver Innovation Lab. Mm-hmm. And so using that underutilized space mm-hmm. to actually build startup, you know, communities there. Yeah. But in the fourth industrial revolution, it's not about the building. Mm-hmm. It's more so about networking mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. and not really depending on the old model of ties and offerings, but yeah. bringing value to people. And almost having those people then bring value back. It yeah. flips the model up on its head. Yeah. And it's going to be necessary because if you count on only 20 percent of the people who go to a church tie, like yeah. this is statistical, Bonner Research Group, mm-hmm. statistical, 80 mm-hmm. percent drop dollars in. Yeah. Right. Uh, if that 20 percent lose their good paying jobs, mm-hmm. what happens next? To the church. That's real. So with respect to the fourth industrial revolution, a lot of people focus on STEM mm-hmm. tech skills. I think, you know, we are all musicians here. You play piano, you play piano, trumpet and drums. I play the cello. What's the difference between STEM and STEAM and why is it important? The difference between STEM and STEAM is that A, uh, the arts. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we're referring to is the way your mind thinks when you have to create music. So not only are you a designer, but you have to understand harmony. Mm-hmm. And when I say harmony, I mean it in the truest sense of how things work together. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, and I'm trying to be quick here. Us as yeah. engineers, us as designers, we design things without thinking about the application of how that thing works or yeah. how to pivot that thing once it gets into the real world. Yeah. So the art allows you to do just that. It allows you to understand how things go together. If I yeah. place this with this, what's the historical way that it's going together? And then I can do it in a way where I'm kind of maybe breaking the rules a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, So I grew up playing by ear. So I yeah. learned how to follow and play quickly, yeah. right? So if I'm on the Hammond organ, I'm listening, I'm, I'm pivoting. It teaches you how to listen. Yeah. And like, even to this day, whether I'm speaking on a panel or in a music, I'm actually playing. Yeah. Like sometimes you'll see my hands like move or whatever yeah. like that, but I'm still, you know, playing, yeah. vibing, trying to find like, are we in the same, if like I'm yeah. trying to get in the pocket with somebody because once you create that energy in the pocket, you just yeah. flow, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And like, and I think if I could put my piece on it, I think that you mentioned the coders being the new factory workers. It's like in the future, future. Right. And so like if you focus so much on like the skill set of that's the technical side of things, you're never going to actually level up and become a leader because right. the leaders actually have the soft skills, the communication skills, the ability to work together as a team, as a group and inspire and tell stories. And awesome. I think we should talk a little bit about history because we talked about legacy. We talked about the church. And I think that your name, a lot of people may not know how Young Guru got his name. And so I originally got that name from stealing something out of uh, the department store back when Tommy Hill figures were hot. And what I had to do was uh, go to community service. So I was teaching African history at a uh, people's settlement, which is a community service. I mean, community center in Wilmington, Delaware. So I was teaching about African griots and gurus and things of that nature. So the kids said to me, they were like, well, you're our guru. And that's basically that's how my name stuck. Cool. And it's, you know, you take a name to try to represent you. So that's basically who I've been my whole life and never been ashamed of it. I've yeah. always been the cool nerd. I've always been the guy that you come to to fix your bike or yeah. fix your VCR or something yeah. like that. But I saw actual monetary, yeah. you know, return from being smart. Yeah. So that, think, that part of it was incredible for me. That's dope. And I think like studying history allows you to think about like what's been done that hasn't worked to figure out how to improve on the model and prepare for the shifts like WebVam. Right was a great idea, wrong time. Right. Then Instacart came that's right. and like improved on the model. They probably studied that, right? right? So I think think that's super yeah. cool. But and before we close, like, can you guys each say like, what's the 
most inspiring thing that's happened to you on this tour? Like what's um what's um something that somebody told you that jumped out and well as as we've been traveling around the country, there have been some previous scholarship recipients mm -hmm. who have come out mm -hmm. to basically say, I know you may not know me. I got one of your scholarships and thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, I was homeless. I was I lost purpose. I've had people say, you know, secretly I I was suicidal and but this gave me new life so it's yeah. like you know i'm trying not to break down on, yeah, the, on yeah, the tour yeah. or at the event but it's like man when you like there's something greater than money something oh, yeah. greater than fame and success mm -hmm. and that's called significance and significance mm -hmm. is connected with your ability to change someone's life mm -hmm. even when you're not trying or even when you don't know that person so you can't then put it in their face like you know i changed your life right yeah. as long as your ego is connected to the change yeah. then it's not as authentic as it could be it's so I think by the time we actually get 10,000 people and then 50 and 100,000, we will not know who these people are unless yeah. they come to the stadium, yeah. you know, and that's what Van said mm -hmm. Prince wanted. Prince mm -hmm. wanted to go and do concerts mm -hmm. with black and brown people with hoodies on, but you couldn't get in unless you had gone through some of the coding programs and boot camps, right? And that was his response to Trayvon Martin. Mm -hmm being murdered yeah. and his transition yeah. was that I want to see young black people and brown people in hoodies yeah. right in yeah. the marketplace yeah. and they get in here to hear this special concert yeah. so when we're touching people and we don't even know we're touching them yeah. and to me that's like the greatest straight up, yeah. straight up. and I, I love that answer because you talked about the intangible and something I think deeply about is like how will we exchange value if money didn't exist Right. And then like we want to help a billion people, too. And we're always like, I can't help a billion people without you. If you think about the best form of marketing, it's word of mouth. Did you hear that new album coming out? Everybody's going to know about it. it's free marketing. But the best the best people that are in this trust, like I'm going to do whatever Rodney or Google tells me to do because I know them. I grew up with them like, boom, I'm, it's no problem. If my mom told me so. I think that's beautiful. I love the trust you're building. And what's the best way to stay in touch with you if you want to? learn more about the scholarship you can go to opportunity hubs website yeah. on all the social media channels the specific url is www.flatironschool.com yeah. forward slash ohub beautiful okay without further ado let's break in thanks for checking us out we appreciate you for listening and always love your feedback on how we can do better if you enjoyed this let us know what you thought on the reviews by going to iTunes, searching for Breaking Into Startups, subscribing to our podcast, and leaving a review. Also, if you know someone who came from a non-traditional background and is looking to break into tech, encourage them to sign up to our newsletter or tell them to join the Breaking Into Startups community on Facebook. Remember, if they don't let you in through the front door, go through the back door, around it, under it, or through it. Let's break in. <laughs>